Welcome to Mia Lux and Love, brought to you by The Vet, an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles. Now, in the last two years, as I've been building Levette, I've been really fortunate to have conversations with people who are working in some really interesting areas of sex, love, and dating. And things, I think, that for me have been traditionally taboo or uncomfortable are, you know, their entire world. And today, I'm excited to talk to Freda Hobbs, share this conversation with you, because I think this, this conversation speaks to something that is both very important, but also kind of hard to talk about. And there's lots of mixed feelings about it, which is self-pleasure. And the question I ask her is, why do we hide our dildos? And you can probably hear me blushing a little. And the reason why I'm asking this question is really to explore, you know, why do we still have some shame or fear or uncertainty around like looking after ourselves and looking after our sexual health? If we think about, we do yoga, we do exercise. There's so many areas of our life that we are happy to share about our physical well-being. But when it comes to our sexual health or taking charge of our own pleasure, I don't know, it still feels kind of uncomfortable. And uh, so I'm really relying on her as an expert. She is the leader of Bedroom Candy, which is an amazing sex toy company, the leader of their most decorated sales team. And she, she really works as, a, as an expert in the field of like sexual health and wellness when she's like working with educating people on you know how to use these toys for self-pleasure and really understanding the context of self-pleasure and why it's important so if this is a little edgy and new for you too then hold my hand dive in and and enjoy well thank you for joining me today and taking on this very interesting slightly provocative question why do we hide our dildos <laughs> And, you know, to even answer that question, I think, you know, one of the things I'd love to ask you first is, you know, like, what is it about pleasure that seems so shameful? Why has it got such a bad rap? Um, gosh, I think there's so many answers to this question. Some of them are societal. Some of them have to do with religion. Um, and some of it just has, some of it has to do with just age appropriateness, right? Like, you know, you, it's completely reasonable to have a conversation with your children about intimacy, but that conversation is going to sound a lot different with your six-year-old than it's going to sound with your 18-year-old, right? And so I think we are, as a society, aren't really given the tools to translate that conversation into adulthood. And so pleasure, and because just like breasts are, you know, women use breasts to to feed our children, right? But they're so sexualized. We don't, we just don't, we lack the nuance as a society and it's just really unfortunate. I think that is, that is such a perceptive thing. It's like lacking the nuance in society because you're right, like we, we either have an A or a B, but the idea that mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe at this age, this is the right language or maybe at this age, this is the right language. We, we have struggled yep. with that. And I do often think, and my girlfriends and I often joke that Sometimes we feel like we're 12 year olds back in the awkward sex ed class. And even though we're yep. grown ass women in our 30s, you know, when it comes to talking about sex or our bodies or pleasure, I can blush, you know, they can blush. And it's I, that same thing of like, we're kind of stuck in just like one way of talking, one way of being, right? Right. Right. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, I, I love talking about this in the context of sex toys, right? Because I think when mm -hmm. you're thinking about, um, accepting embracing and teaching pleasure which i know is a big part of what you do uh yeah. sex toys really do feel kind of like like the, the the big symbol when it comes to that so i'm curious like in yeah. your experience you know talking with people about sex toys and pleasure um what are some of the as a common maybe misconceptions about you know sex toys or pleasure or self-pleasure that you've come across well one that you 
people have said to me, I don't have a partner, so I don't need sex toys. Or they've said to me, I have a partner, so I don't need sex toys. So there's this idea that there's this lane where sex toys belong. And I just don't think that that's true. There's a, a variety of things that are available for a variety of types, variety of types of pleasure. Um, and then I just think in terms of, you know, why we hide our sex toys, I think that sometimes we take things that are meant to be private and attach shame to that, right? So for example, and this is not, you know, a sexy example, but we all use the bathroom, right? So if I have hemorrhoid cream, in my bathroom, like I'm not ashamed of that. It is helping with me with a part of my life, but I might not keep it on the counter. I might keep it in the drawer. I think that's kind of the, the conversation around sex toys. So I, I like to make that distinction because I want people to think just because you put your sex toys in the bottom drawer or you put them in a lock box, that that means you're ashamed of them. It just might mean that's not a conversation you're willing to have with everyone. Similarly, there's the pleasure factor, right? I have impulse control when it comes to bourbon, potato chips, and ice cream, right? So I don't always bring them in the house. Or if I do, sometimes I'll hide it in the back of the cabinet, right? Just because like it's not time for that, or I am, you know, I, I've managed that in a private kind of space. I dole it out when I'm ready for that type of pleasure. So I think that's that has something to do with sex toys. But I think because people think like, oh, I have a lockbox for my sex toys that I've never allowed to divulge or have a conversation and that's just not true that's a really really good distinction right because hiding isn't actually so much about the physical act of putting away which i think is true because you're right there's so many private things that just make sense to go in a drawer right. <laughs> and even if you're not ashamed of your sex toys it doesn't mean it's like your you know your kitchen ornament uh, right. but, there's, but, right. there's, but there's like an energy of hiding that can happen with things so yeah um, the energy of hiding which is which is the kind of feeling that it's not okay to talk about, or mm -hmm. you, you know, I, even with, a, again, like even among my friend groups, you know, again, grown up adults, how challenging it can be to talk about self-pleasure. No one yes. is wanting to even admit that they masturbate at all. Yep. Um, and certainly feeling like it's like very taboo to bring up in a conversation, but we'll talk yeah. about like, yeah, we do workouts, we do yoga, we do Qigong, like we're doing all other kinds of like practices with our body to stay healthy yeah. and to stay happy but when it comes to like anything to do with the sexual energy um sometimes there is that that feeling of hiding i think yep exactly and i just think i mean sex intimacy and sexuality is just a natural part of our human makeup it's a natural part of our being i don't think it's anything to be ashamed of and i just wish that I had been in a place when I was younger for somebody to have a conversation with me about masturbation that wasn't taboo. It probably would have saved me some time so realizing that my- let me, let me ask you then, because I think uh, many sure. of us have not had that conversation with an adult. When we were younger, we haven't had it with ourselves. What would yep. you have said to your younger self? I mean, I think I would have started the conversation with letting me know that my pleasure was not tied to someone external. And that external sexual pleasure and love, respect, honesty, those, those things are not necessarily tied together. Great if you can find all of those together, but like that, because this partner makes you feel good, it doesn't mean you're in love, it doesn't mean you're your lifelong partner, and it is not their responsibility like your, your pleasure is not their responsibility. And I think that's where the conversation would have started 
which I think is a great gateway to talk about masturbation. And, and then just also making the sexual experience more pleasurable when you are ready because you're in tune with your own body and your likes and wants and needs and desires. That That's, I mean, I mean that's the conversation that I have with my nieces and nephews. I mean, it's a pretty radical thing, the idea of like, and your lover is not actually responsible for your pleasure. I think that's, mm -hmm. I hear that and I, my brain goes, yeah, actually that makes sense, but that's certainly not the narrative we've grown up with. And this, not. whether it's the expectation, for instance, as a lover, that you are responsible for the other person's pleasure or like kind of like laying back being like, well, I hope they know what they're doing. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then feeling with like, teammates. Yeah, I, always, <laughs> I always laugh. It's like the distinction between, you know, really co-creating sex with someone versus like letting someone have sex on you, which is you yep. know, fortunately a lot of what, um, whether it's men or women, a lot of us are taught in that kind of way to be disconnected and passive. Uh, so yep. so I'd, I'd love to take back to the idea of you're accountable for your own pleasure. Yep. What are some ways that people can start becoming accountable for their own pleasure? Yeah. I mean, I think first just being physically in touch with your body. So like knowing what your vulva looks like, knowing where you're sensitive, like that's just such a small thing that I think a lot of us don't do. Um, and just health wise, like taking a mirror and looking at what your body looks like. And then I think that there's so many health benefits to masturbation just in terms of like avoiding vaginal atrophy and making sure like all of your muscles still work you mentioned a few minutes ago that we'll do yoga and we'll meditate and all of those things are completely acceptable but the moment i mentioned like kegel exercises to women they're like oh i don't need that or i'm like no i want my vagina to work like indefinitely i want my pelvic floor to to stay strong so i mean i think that is a definite just becoming comfortable with that conversation is just is just not just um, about making sex not taboo, but about um, making us all healthier and more in tune with our bodies, our whole bodies. Well, starting with a body, that's an mm -hmm. interesting idea, right? Because you're right. How can we work with pleasure or sex if we have if we're disconnected from or ashamed of our bodies? And even right. if you're saying things like, "Oh, grab a mirror," da da da. I can feel right. myself going, oh, like, like right. I don't right. know. <laughs> and I'm sure there's many right. listeners who are like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Right, right, right. Just take a look. Just take a look. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, I, and I like this as almost like a challenge for anyone who's not familiar with your body. Like how, like taking it, you, do you do it slowly? Do you give yourself a few days in a row? Like how can the person mm -hmm. start building that relationship of familiarity with their own body? If, for instance, that's a real edge for them. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And I think, um, you know, this is going to sound very clinical and technical, but that's kind of how my brain works. Even if it's just like, okay, this week, I'm going to like take the mirror and look down there for like a minute, you know, and then next week it's five minutes. And then next week it's 10 minutes, like building a routine around that. I know sounds like not sexy and not fun, but just developing a level of comfort with yourself is super important. I mean, we do, I hope we do self-breast exams. It's okay to check out your vulva and know what it's supposed to look like, or, you know, it really yeah. is okay. And then, and then adding the pleasure element to it. Well, that's fun, right? Because once you have the familiarity, I guess going into the pleasure is the next interesting mm -hmm. step. And so then I'm curious. Which is, which, which is fun if you have a partner too. I mean, this is great for self-pleasure, but it's also fun if you have a partner. A lot of people who are afraid to, or think their partner is going to reject the idea of them having toys in the bedroom, inviting your partner to watch you self-pleasure or watch you play and then inviting them into the process. Game changer. That was just a little I, extra I was like, Oh, I like, I like that. <laughs> I like, but you know, but again, like thinking about that's 
that stigma like what are the fears that you've noticed people have when they say for instance oh my partner won't want me to do this or like have, mm-hmm. is, have you seen any patterns to what that fear is yeah I mean a, a lot of partners feel like it is like that you're looking to replace them versus just at, at a teammate. And as I like to tell people, you reevaluate all your systems as you get older, right? Like as you get older, you might think, oh, like, I don't know if I want this three-story house that I had. I might downsize to fewer steps because my knees don't work like they used to, or my back hurts, or, you know, I can't exercise as long as I, as I used to. And toys sometimes are just an aid to that. The fact of the matter is, no matter how conscientious your partner might be, unless they got three or four hands, they might not be able to to hit all your erogenous zones at once. And that's okay. Um, And it's okay to add some extra tools to the arsenal. They're not, absolutely not a replacement. And and especially in the context of how you're describing it, like if you see it, like you were teammates, right? So being in this exploration of your own body, pleasure, and thinking like, oh, wow, like what if we use this? How would that feel? Right. There's almost like a almost like an intellectual scientific curiosity I think when you yeah. start exploring these things now I know yes. that you actually have you know significant knowledge around this so I'm sure something that our listeners are dying to hear are you know what are some of the key toys that you would recommend things that you think are fun to experiment with and, and in what contexts um so my favorite and this is not even a toy but I, the thing that I probably sell the most is lube I, I, people underestimate the importance of lube, how it changes the sensation, how it cuts down on friction, how a lot of people who did not need lube when they were younger will might maybe ignore it like and not add it to playtime. And then the different types of lube. So that's the first thing. Like that's the first thing I ask somebody when I'm talking to, to them about their arsenal, right? Their toolkit. Do you have a good lube? Do you have several good lubes? Do you have a lube that's going to stand up in the water and all of that so that's the first thing and how do you speak to the insecurities because like I do think again like the meanings we make about things I think women can make a meaning of like well if I need to use lube that means that I'm not doing something right or the man thinks he's not doing something right like that story how do you talk to your clients about that it's absolutely not true I mean hormones change I'm perimenopausal right now things just change. You can be doing everything right. And just as like when you get older, sometimes it's harder to lose weight. The same workout that you did 10 years ago, is not going to take the weight off like it did before. So your body just might not lubricate as, as, as much as it used to. And that doesn't mean anybody is doing anything wrong. Your taste buds change, right? Like I used to at, like you couldn't pay me to eat well done steak now, right? Like I'm a medium girl, but when I was younger, it was like, oh, well done. I didn't, I liked fruity drinks when I was older. Now give me a, like a neat bourbon. So your taste change, your body's cha- your body changes. And that doesn't mean anything um, is wrong. It just means, you know, your body's changing and that's okay. And, and I think that's the most important, one of the most important tools is if you access that conversation with yourself and with your partner, then you can always reinvent your sex life. And it's not like one and done. It's not like available. Yeah. Right? Like with all yep. the tools, with, all the, with the toys, like I said, lube. Okay. So lube is the first. What is, what's next? Yeah. Man, I love, I just, and it's funny. I just happen to have it sitting here. I wasn't planning on just doing this, but I, I love a good finger vibe. It's yeah. It's a finger vibe. Can you see that? I do. Um, it has, 
Yeah, it has 20 speed. It's got these little ridges here. I like it because it's ergonomic, right? So you can put it on your finger and you can reach all of those intimate areas. It's ridged here. So it's great for solo play. It's waterproof. It's great for vulva play, but it's also great for partner play. If you've got a penis and you want to get those that penis where you want it to go, give it a nice penis massage. So something like this, and it's not phallic. So it's not intimidating to a penis having partner, like they, they know you're not trying to replace them with this. So if you want to start with something small, like this is like, it's that, like a that, good, that's, that's a good entry level toy. Yep, exactly. And it's called a finger vibe. Yes, it's called a finger vibe. This one is finger called vibe. get in touch. Yeah, but it's a finger vibe. Yep. What else is on the list? Um, gosh, and then if you don't necessarily have a partner, well, it doesn't even matter if you don't have a partner, but I like a good um, internal vibe for a lot of people. One, just because it feels good. Um, but then also two, as particularly as women get older, vaginal atrophy is really, um, is really a thing. Your vaginal muscles start to thin and that tissue starts to thin and, and can tear. Or if you're without a partner or have gone a long time without a partner, keeping those muscles working and Kegel balls can do that. Dilators can do that, but you might as well have some fun while you're in there. So like a nice, good, like internal toy. <laughs> I love it. You, you yeah. might as well have some fun, right? Yeah, you might as well and have some fun. I, I, one of the things I've always loved about you is like the way you speak about this makes it feel like in my system, I can feel like, wow, like this is like when I design a workout, it's like when I'm yeah. doing weights, like this idea of like really working with your body for health and for happiness and you know it, it it's I mean I'm curious you know if you teach your clients also like how to start to have these conversations so imagine you know yeah. people coming they're buying toys from you how do you um advise them on starting that conversation let's say they have a have a partner how to start that conversation about wanting to experiment with more toys I mean, the first thing that I always recommend, my husband and I are huge fans of, we have a family meeting, it's just the two of us. We don't have children, but we have family meetings about budget. What are we eating this week? What nights are we going out? And sex might come up in that conversation, just everything related to our relationship. I recommend that because those conversations take place outside of the bedroom. And so it is less intimidating than in the heat of the moment, be like, eh, I really don't like when you touch me there. Like that's a much safer place to be like, you know, I know your nipples are sensitive, but I don't know if you knew mine are like, they just, they just aren't. But the back of my neck really is. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Like, so having those conversations in a safe space, whether it's a family meeting, but generally speaking, not, not during the act or, or you know, is, when you're. That is intimate. so, but that is so important because I think I can see this happens, you know, this, the horror stories I hear from the dating lands, from my single friends, you know, like the stories of you know, people trying to direct or in the moment and how, how yeah. easy it is for our feelings to get hurt because, you know, in this, like sex can feel really personal. Right. We're not always so great at communicating about it. So you would say the best thing to do is actually create a communication container outside of sex itself yeah. and have the conversation there. And then you mm -hmm. guys can kind of like design and decide what you would like to do. And so then when you're yeah. actually having sex, you're not like looking at each other like, do you want to do this? Are we? Are right. you? Should we? Should I? Right. <laughs> And I think that's, I think that's why it's so, so important to also be in touch with yourself because a lot of times we put things in this right and wrong container. Like, of course, like I'm not into that, like he's into that, he's weird. And having a conversation outside of the bedroom that sounds like, hey, what are your non-negotiables, right? If you don't know what your non-negotiables, how are you going to tell somebody else that? You might be like, I'm not interested in, in penetrative sex during menstruation. 
I'm not interested in anal sex. Maybe a little external anal play, but not internal anal. Like if that is your, those are your non-negotiables discussing that. But instead we put all this weird stuff around it about, around like this person likes that. They're weird. They're not for me. It might just be that they like anal sex, but they're not tied to it. And they like you more than they like anal sex. So they're happy to take it off the table. But because they had anal sex before, you're like all freaked out and well, they throw this person away. One, the funniest one is actually, and this I think this actually happens more often, where two people have a secret desire, but they're ashamed of, they're like afraid that they're going to get judged. And so yeah. they don't ask for it. But it's actually the same desire. And so they're both yep. wanting to do this thing, but they haven't talked about it. They haven't asked. Yep. And then let's say, I don't know, a year or two years in, they finally say it. And they yep. realize like the whole time, you know, like, and that's, and that's, oh, I mean, I've been I, into I, that. I, and there's actually, there's a, um, I once was shown this amazing tool, just like a spreadsheet with all the different kinds of sort of like sex apps you can do and using it as a tool with a partner to go through and be like, what's like a hard no, what's yeah. like a maybe, what's I have to have it, you know, and actually starting yep. to have those conversations. And I'm curious, I love that. Fun, like sex toys could be an amazing way to start that conversation too, because yep. you could be like, oh, like what kind of things would turn you on? Would you want to try yeah. some kind of ropes? Would you want to try, right. you know, some kind of like the finger vibe looks really cool, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think people hear something like BDSM, right? Like you can't just say like, are you in the BDSM? Because I'm not somebody that people think would be into that, right? But a lot of people don't even know what it is. But the fact of the matter is, I actually don't mind being tied up. Not because I think it's super kinky, but because it allows me to turn my brain off. If I'm tied up, I know I'm not, you're not looking for me to make any decisions and I trust you so you can make all the decisions or candle play. People hear candle play, but our candles are, they melt warm. They well into massage oil. So that actually might help me get into the mood because frankly, I've been hiking a lot lately and my hip hurts, right? That doesn't sound like BDSM, but give me a nice warm candle massage and I can now throw my leg back around, you know, my leg back around my neck. I love yeah. that. And I think that's like, again, like, seeing the body as this like portal to pleasure and connection and I think sex toys being just a tool like a tool to yeah. do that and, and a way to to experiment and to feel uh and, and so they would come coming back to the original question of like why do we hide why do we hide our dildos and mm -hmm. again I want to read that amazing distinction you made between yeah we put we put away the things that are private to us of course yeah. But the energy of shame around it, the energy of, you know, like being that, like I said, the 12 year old who's like embarrassed or unable to talk right. about masturbation or pleasure. Um, what a wonderful era we're in that we're able to kind of like drop that hiding shame energy. Yeah. Or, uh, so I'll ask one more question before we go. Apart from sure. the, um, like the, the kind of knowledge around sex toys that you have, if you could teach everyone in the world one thing that would help them with their relationships and love and sex, what would it be? Oh gosh, one thing um, that kind of sexuality and everything around it is fluid. So it's not static. So because you like one thing one day doesn't mean you'll like it the next. Because your partner is a cis hetero male, but he likes his anus played with doesn't mean he's gay like all of that is fluid and as I said earlier if you can um, master the language around that communication then you can always reinvent your sex life and like it gives you it gives you a sense of power 
I love that fluidity and also that nuanced language. Those, those are such mm -hmm. beautiful core concepts. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and helping me answer that question and sharing a bit of a roadmap for pleasure and self-discovery with our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining and listening to this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are single and you are ready for something better, do check out what I've built with Livette. We're offering a free month trial and you can get a real sense for you know how this is such a different kind of platform. It's 100% video, 100% vetted, like actual background checks, and 0% BS. We've even built in an amazing automated anti-ghosting system. I really designed Levette as a conscious response to so much of, you know, I'd say the disruptive and antisocial behaviors I saw in dating. And so this is an amazing virtual social club where you can meet and play with people who are on the same page, playing by the same rules. It is so much fun inside. So if you're single and want to check it out, make sure you go to the show notes below and start your application. 